Hello, dear listeners. I'm really showing up for you, even though I feel quite ill today and I've been quite ill all week, but I really wanted to come and say thank you. I've had amazing messages from you and I want to share some of them. And let's see how this episode goes and excuse me if I have to cough, but that's life. I'm here on my weekly 31st episode of Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. And my name is Anne Blunt, your Tantric Sex and Relationship Coach. So last time I celebrated the 30th episode and I told you a little story that one of my listeners have shared with me. And it was about his self-pleasure practice and how he decided to do it differently and go inwards and really feel what was most delightful for him at that particular moment. So here's a follow-up message from him and he says, Hi Anne, I just listened to the episode 30 with my little story. Oh my gosh, I'm so thrilled that you took the time to share with everyone. I was smiling and giggling to myself the whole time. You made it so amazing. And I was reliving the night a bit as you read it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep up the wonderful work. I enjoy every episode. Well, thank you for saying that. And thank you for showing a model how one guy somewhere in the world approaches his self-pleasure without resorting to outsource porn or whatever, uh, and really feeling what feels good in that particular moment and trying to enjoy as long as possible and really being in the moment. I think that's a, that's a, that was a really beautiful story. So thank you for sharing that and happy to have you on board and listening to every episode. So no pressure there. Anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm showing here quite vulnerably today because I've made a commitment to myself that I keep going with these weekly episodes as long as there is somebody who really enjoys and and finds value in them. And there's another one that I really wanted to share with you, somebody who also gave me permission to share this, and she says, I have no problem at all as I now have the ebook." Husband and I are just starting our tantric journey and thank you so much for your fab podcast. Keep going with your podcast and know for sure that you're definitely not talking to yourself. We are listening. Oh, thank goodness for that. (laughs) I think I've said many times that here I am blabbering on my own and not sure if anybody listening or am I talking to the empty wall. And this is a proof in the pudding. I can look at the, I can look at the stats and data and think, okay, yeah, you know, there's so many people listening to me here and there, and even Ukraine. For goodness, Ukrainians, you have no idea how much I want to send you happiness, pleasure, and peace. Maybe in the reverse order, but wherever you can get happiness and pleasure and peace, please please do so. And I'm sending so much love to you and anybody who is affected by this horrible war. So thank you for uh, sending me these messages. It's quite interesting. This week I've had two very similar uh, requests. And here goes, hey Anne, super unique podcast, definitely a topic that isn't talked about a lot. Well, yeah, no, tell me about it. 
Why did you decide to become a coach and a podcaster about tantric sex and relationships? Hmm. That's a question I've been kind of uh, trying to be putting off. Because if I tell the story about why I started tantric sex and relationship coaching and this podcast, it will definitely be a very personal one. And it's going to be quite vulnerable for me. So interestingly, I already recorded this episode today and um, and it didn't work out. It didn't work out. I don't mean that I blew it up, but the recording just stopped. It hadn't recorded. And the tech guys haven't been able to uh, find the original recording. So hey-ho, out that went. So therefore, I'm re-recording now. But it might actually be a blessing in disguise because I've kind of had a retry, rerun of this episode in a way that how much am I comfortable uh, sharing with you about my own story? Because it is a story about trauma and pain and suffering. And I would say there is a trauma trigger. Um, actually, there is a trigger warning for for abuse. So um if if you are sensitive to that kind of information or stories, please turn off your your podcast device now, or make sure that you resource yourself either from knowing which part of your body inhabits the part of you that loves you unconditionally and gives you safety, so that you don't get triggered, or that you are listening to this with somebody else. Or that you have, if you're religious, you have your, um, or spiritual, you have your gurus or angels or God or something that you can really get, uh, some, some support and help with. Um, it might not trigger anyway, but, uh, it depends how much I'm willing to actually share today. Might not be that much because I've already done it once and it was a bit OTT, too much detail, my children would say. So I'm not going to do that to you in this episode, in this version anyway. Then there was another guy who who messaged me on Pinterest actually and said, I subscribed on Spotify and YouTube. I love the vibes and pleasure is the catalyst for change in my personal belief. Do you have a link to a podcast telling your story? Hmm, here we go again. Okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it today. I'm very interested in hearing it. My life changed completely and I feel very close to more breakthroughs. I absolutely love sexuality and feeling good and I kind of have been having breakthroughs in my journey and one of my personal beliefs is pleasure is the vibrational state of a person can operate best from. Let's let's repeat that one. Pleasure is the vibrational state a person can operate best from. Pleasure is the vibrational state a person can operate best from. Do you know what? If you're okay with that, I will quote. I will I will most probably steal that and use it as my own words. That is so well put. I kind of say the similar sort of thing, that uh, pleasure gives you the, the energy that you can show up in the world uh, in a way that is more aligned to you or something like that. But I can't, I can't speak that succinctly, can I? You've, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know, I go down the rabbit holes and roundabout, roundabout ways and not always say what's, uh, what I really 
me to say or want to even say. So pleasure is the vibrational state a person can operate past from. There we go. I said it. It feels good to feel good and working on stuff to overcome trauma and figuring out so much along the way. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm, I'm really sorry that you've gone through trauma. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely something I can resonate with and maybe most people on this podcast, because, uh, if we believe Dr. Carbo Mate, he says that everybody on this planet has been exposed to trauma. And the difference is that we all just cope in our own way, some better and some less better. And, it's really about whether you cope or not that becomes traumatizing. So unfortunately, the societies we live in are rather abusive, rather toxic, and it doesn't matter what gender you are, but it, it will affect, it will and will have affected you. So the, the difference, again, I'm quoting, uh, Dr. Brenna Brown that I truly admire. Uh, she, she says that, um, if something bad happens to you and you are able to talk about it, you will be okay with that. Even if you've done yourself something horrible and you're able to speak about it, you're still just going to feel guilty about it, that you did something wrong. It doesn't define you. It doesn't identify you. But if you are feeling ashamed of something, that has been done to you or somebody's, you know, traumatized you or you've done something really bad and you can't just speak about it and say, sorry, I did it's something really horribly wrong. And you are ashamed about that. That is equal to trauma. Shame is equal to trauma. So if you feel ashamed, it means basically that you feel that you are a bad person. You are persona non grata. You really have done something so wrong or something's done, been done to you so wrongly that you start believing that you're not a good person and you're not worthy. You're not deserving. And I agree with the, with the last message, person who messaged me saying that, that you kind of, work with your trauma and figure out as much as you can along the way because you still need to live in this life and you still need to be functioning at some point. Unfortunately, trauma tends to, if the fight-flight response doesn't work, you might get into numbness, which is the third F, which is the freeze zone. And that's why, for instance, Lots of court cases, you know, jury members and so on ought to really be getting informed about trauma and PTSD and especially in sexual abuse cases because if, if person doesn't fight back or doesn't manage to escape, they freeze. They basically just can't move. And that's a normal nervous system reaction. It's to, to keep that person alive is to just completely freeze and paralyze, even to a point of collapse. And that's something that you can't use against them because they can't fight, they can't scream, they they can't, because basically the nervous system says, ah, 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 ah. they're going to kill you, you're in danger, 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 danger. You just need to lie still and hopefully you won't die from this. And especially when we're talking about men 
been having been raped. This is often something that they say that I I feel so ashamed because I didn't really want to do this, but still I had a hard on. So why did my body betray me? And and same with women, you know, if if you know a rapist says, oh, but she was wet, she was really gacking for it, all these horrible things they say. It's something that you need to understand that body is so wise. It is so, so wise. It will make you wet. It, it will make you have a hard on because, um, because it, it, it decides that this is the safest thing to do. It's nothing to do whether you wanted it or not. And you always need to consent for sex. So this is luckily in many countries. They have now started to say that you really need to have an explicit consent to be able to have sex with somebody. So uh, I think that's a that's a really good way forward. And being an uh, an ex legislator myself, lawmakers really need to understand the science. The most um, de- recent neuroscience to really make the law so that they understand what's happening at the body in the body level, so that people don't get confused. But anyway, I'm digressing here. I really wanted to comment on that last last bit. And obviously, I don't know what kind of trauma it is. And, um, but I'm really glad you're using pleasure to upgrade your vibrational state so that you don't come from that traumatized, victimized uh, energy and, uh, and identity. When I was, uh, when I was thinking about this, whether I do it or not. I kind of looked at some old stuff I've done about my own personal journey and uh, my story. Why did I start doing this uh, podcast and this uh, coaching, tantric sex coaching and relationship coaching? I have given an interview to Authority Magazine about my PTSD. So I will put it in the show notes if you want to read it. It's a long and heavy read, I tell you. It's most probably the longest interview I've ever done, but um, and I've done several. But have a look if you're interested. I do kind of hopefully make it more inspiring and more um, more hopeful than it might sound like <laughs> in the beginning. But this is something I wrote um, or said in that interview, and I'd like to read it because it really, really resonated with me today. Self-love includes self-compassion and being kind to oneself to have mercy for yourself. Having patience with healing and taking time to do self-care. What brings respite from the pain and suffering? What brings calmness, hope, pleasure and even happiness? Practicing little acts of self-love every day starts building up your resilience because love is always greater than pain. Love is always greater than pain. I mean, there were times when I didn't believe that. I didn't believe I was worthy of pleasure. I didn't believe that pleasure was my birthright. I I didn't believe, I didn't even think about those things. I mean, it is something that I really feel strongly about, that 
we do need to think about pleasure and actively seek for it and and dismantle all these horrible conditionings and uh, messaging that the society and media are giving us because we are so worth it. We are so, so worth it. And yeah. So why did I start this journey of mine in Tantra and coaching and podcasting? Well, little did I know that when I fell off my bicycle and uh, cracked my skull, went all unconscious and cracked lots of bones and, and all that, it took quite a while to physically recover and unfortunately also gave me PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. So little did I understand that all that actually uncovered something more sinister and more horrible that I'd never, ever accepted or never, ever allowed myself to admit. And that was, say, childhood sexual trauma, abuse, when I was six. And I mean, it kind of explains how my life, looking back now, so many decades later, it it kind of makes me clear that that was the reason why my life went the way it went. I've been quite depressed in my life. There's been really, really dark times, even uh, suicide attempts. And this most probably is the first time I'm really voicing it, but it's not anymore there. I've had so much love, so much light, so much delightfulness in my life, so much pleasure and happiness and joy that it has balanced it. And and all in all, I'm a very, very happy person. I hope that comes across during these podcast episodes. I hope I'm inspiring. I mean, this is not a motivational podcast in any means. It's not about how you can, how you can, how I can motivate you to do something. It's really an invitational podcast. It's kind of inviting you to have your own journey, your own um, quest, if you like. What does pleasure look like to you? And I, I have created a pleasure quest. It's still open, so you're very welcome to join. But it's it's really about you. What what makes you this pleasurable creature? What works for you might not work for me or or person next door. So it's really learning and being curious about that. So when when I was sexually abused by this seventeen year old, I think I decided I'm a very intellectual person, well at least before my concussion. Apparently, my brain is not the same as it used to be, so I'm not as intellectual. Hence, why the rabbit holes and me losing my thread, and sometimes even forgetting the the stuff I I knew yesterday. But it has made me to be more in my body. But what I did as a child. I was very, very intellectual girl and living in Finland where we we are open to talk about sex and we we read about it in, in women's magazines every week that it's okay for kids to explore their sexuality and their, their genitalia, you know, don't stop them, it's natural and all that. 
And for me, I suppose it was a question that when this guy decided that I, or he said to me that this is our secret, you're not to tell anybody. And I was a good girl. I, I did what the elders said. So I didn't tell anybody. I mean, to be honest, one part of me was a bit flattered that, you know, I got so much attention from this um, teenager who was nearly an adult and in in it was our secret. But, you know, I still knew that it wasn't right. I still knew that there was something, something really, really bad about this whole thing. And um, and what happened was that I, I started telling this story in my head that, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I wasn't a victim, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no victim. This is, this is what children do, and we explore our bodies. I read it in the newspaper or in the magazine, and, and that's totally normal. So that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. It was only later, where after my accident, that I realized that there was something else, you know, and I was ready to really go towards that, you know, rusty iron chest that I put that that incident or those two incidents there were two actually uh and and with the same person and and even the second time i knew what was going to happen and i still got, went what i mean why you know all this stuff later on I said well what, why did you say that no i don't want to come with you i stay with mum and dad you know and the adults here inside i'm not coming with you outside but when he oh you know just said come on Anna let's go here's my hand and I just took that hand I just didn't I just went as if I paralyzed it's just kind of yeah you do what you're told because you know that's the safest and uh and it was uh it's hideous absolutely hideous but because of that secrecy I kind of started in in my little body mind to understand that there's something wrong with this this is not a little birthday secret we are planning for somebody. No, this is something serious if I'm not allowed to tell my parents. So I think that made me to feel ashamed. And that shame, as Brenna Brown says, is the causation of your PTSD. So So I, I told this story to myself to protect myself, not being a victim. I didn't want to be a victim. So it was quite a shock to me when I then realized and I actually decided I'm, I'm strong enough now to go towards this and see what's the root cause of my uh, kind of patterns that I've had all my life. I mean, I became a <clears throat> very, excuse me, very um, high achiever. You know, I had best grades at school. Uh, as a Finnish woman, I was rest, uh, raised with an idea that I can have it all, you know, we're equal society. And I did have it all. I had a beautiful family and beautiful eco house in the country and some animals and pets and, excuse me, I need to cough. <coughs> Sorry about that. And I even was a rising star in a Green Party, I didn't seek to be elected in anything, but people kind of resonated with what I wanted to say. And uh, and I, I was the CEO of our family business, uh, business consultancy for social enterprises. So everything outside was absolutely fantastic. And uh, But internally, 
It was so dark that sometimes I could not hold to the thread of life. It was impossible to to really allow anybody to come too close. Yet the loneliness was the most painful of all things. When you feel so ugly and ashamed for most of your life, you want to become more invisible. And for me, you know, becoming invisible, you kind of die inside and become numb and you learn to make just right motions in life for the sake of others. And I learned to learn to please others. I learned to, you know, I, I thought if I make other people happy, nobody notices how unhappy I am. If I become this jester, you know, at school grounds and make everybody laugh, nobody can actually realize how sad. Um, yeah, how sad I am behind that smile. Oh, that was a bit unexpected. I had a bit of a contraction in my uh, solar plexus and a huge heaviness on my chest. And now I'm just taking my focus in there because I don't want to suppress this. It feels very, very sad. I'm just going to breathe a few times here. Just bear with me. Gosh, that wasn't bad, was it? I mean, how quickly did the laughter come? I I just love somatic practices. You know, the times in my life where I've I've really had the the courage to go down towards these sensations in my body that feel bad. It's called body meditation. It's like um, like going through your body and trying to find all these different um, different sensations and speak them out loud and, and really allow to feel. And normally, you know, there's, there's some trapped emotion in my body that wants to come out. And sometimes it's anger, sometimes it's, it's, it's sadness. And there were times when I thought that if I allow my tears to come out, there's no stopping there's going to be it's it's going to be like floodgates are going to be open and 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 the whole world will drown in my tears and you know it's i'm going to kill the world and it's so much responsibility and i completely not cannot 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 allow myself to cry and it's funny more i cried you know allowed myself to cry and really go with this felt sense of heaviness on my chest or con- constriction on my throat and allowed the tears to come, less power they had. They had more, uh, they had less, uh, you know, time. They lasted less in time. And eventually there was something else underneath, you know, trying to find what's underneath. And and very quickly, you know, once I lifted the emotion that was bothering me and taking its energy, it's actually now moving into energy and flowing out and underneath what comes underneath? Joy. 
And that was the fastest. I must say that was the fastest time the joy actually came out. I thought, oh, here I'm going to weep in, in front, not in front of you, but in your ear. And how embarrassing is that going to be? Not shamed. I'm not ashamed of my tears anymore. I'm not, I, I'm not in that traumatized place. And thank goodness for that. But yeah, I mean, you know, it came so quickly that I was able to, to find the joy beneath the tears. And I think this is the inspiration and invitation for you as well. Whatever gender you are, especially if you're a man, do not be afraid of your tears. Do not be afraid of your feelings. It will make you human. It will make you more integrated. It will make you more, more lovable and and approachable person. You know, it's, it's just that kind of vulnerability is often the most sexiest thing people say. And that helps you to connect with yourself and with the other person. And you don't need to play games. You don't need to play roles unless obviously you're doing a sexual role play, which is a different thing. I'm not talking about that, but it's, it's all about allowing others to see the true you, the authentic you. And that's what I mean by selfishly happy revolution. It's all about becoming more you, not less you. It's about you being your truest version. Who are you becoming? Who do you really are? Go towards that. Become more of you, not less. Allow your emotions to come out. Allow your your expression. Allow the understanding and awareness. Become self-aware through your body. I have had therapy myself, but not long because I thought that, okay, it's fine about talking and talking, but it's not going to it's not going to get the results I wanted as quickly as I wanted. And that's why I believe breathwork. I'm a trained breathworker myself. And uh, somatic practices like uh, mindfulness practices, pleasure practices, and also, you know, inner family systems where you reparent yourself are going to be much more useful than just talking about trauma and talking and talking and re-traumatizing you potentially and not taking you away from that past to the present moment and to the future. I mean, I must say, if you, if you are struggling with any of this, please don't just, just really reach out to somebody. You can reach out to me if you don't have an acute trauma or PTSD, because I'm not trauma informed. I'm, I'm, I'm trauma informed coach, but I'm not trauma coach. I'm not a therapist and I'm not medically qualified practitioner. So you need to really seek professional help if you have something acute going on right now. But if you have integrated your trauma, and if we believe everyone is traumatized in this plan on this planet, and you have integrated it somewhat, and you want to move forward, then you can come to me for coaching. Because what I've gone through, I hold a really strong and really safe space. You can just see what my ex-clients have to say about my space holding. It is where you can express anything that you need to express. And I know exactly what to do. So not only that, not only release and the, the clearance and the healing path, because that's hard. It's It can be hard work. I mean, I tell you, sometimes I felt that when I started the road to recovery, that healing work was like full-time job. I mean, it was just... It was just really, really um, unbelievable. 
So when I realized that I really needed to have more pleasure in my life, that I hadn't realized that I didn't have pleasure, sexual pleasure especially, I I am very strong advocate as as one of the listeners or future listeners because he only just downloaded the podcast. I want to say that it's uh, it's something that I strongly believe is going to make your healing journey, your self growth and your personal development so much easier because you are having more pleasure, joy and fun in your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. We don't need to deserve joy and pleasure. We don't need to deserve happiness. It's your birthright. End of. And uh, and you so deserve to be more of you, not less of you, and just becoming who you truly are, your true essence, your true you. So where was I in my in my story? Because I've done it twice now. I can't remember what I've said in the previous non-recorded episode or in this one. But the point is that it's really, it's really for me, the realization that um, Tantra was the path for me. I mean, for you, the pleasure look, might look different. You might be a very sexual person and you really want to have that arousal, the orgasm and rest and relaxation and it's it's you know that whole genital friction and all that that's fine that's absolutely beautiful just be aware what what really makes you uh feel pleasure and what you really like or you might be really sensual you just really are in your senses and 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 uh maybe even to some kinky play and and that's that's what you really yearn for. So no shame in that, you know, just go for it, go and explore. There are so many safe and authentic kinky places where you can really practice conscious kink. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's going to be beautiful. And you can also be energetic sexually like I am. I mean, that's the thing. The, um, for me, the, one of the reasons why I started to look into, um, Tantra more seriously as a profession was 10 years ago. I'd been holding space for already like 13 years. Well, maybe not 13 years at that point yet. Um, I, I lost track, but, um, but in sort of one to one setting. But then I really wanted to not just be in a clinic, but actually learn how people evolve through pleasure. I mean, if you think about it, everything in this world has come from sex. <laughs> Anything that's been invented on this planet, any machine that's been developed, any, any, you know, child that has been conceived is through sex because all of us have come through pleasure and sex. And people invent things, people create machines, people create pe uh, people. So, you can say that sex is so important. It's the essence of life, truly. And uh, and then there's the creation. It becomes creation. You use your creative abilities to produce a human being, which is a miracle, really. Think about it. You know, my human body, my female body has been eating, let's say, bananas and avocados and sometimes fish and, you know, whatever, a steak and out pops a baby. So my body has transformed food I eat into energy 
that then creates a baby. I mean, obviously, there has to be somebody else's energy and something else involved as well. But you get my meaning that it's really about, it's a miracle, really, that human body can produce something amazing like that. Another person, another human. So, of course, then, that energy can produce anything, a masterpiece, a painting, uh, a symphony, a, uh, I don't know, become amazing in, in something and create a business that changes the world. You know, it's that creative energy that comes from sexuality. It can be transmuted there. And also, I've told you before that Tantra is really, um, for 5,000 years ago, it was developed for people who couldn't just solely concentrate on enlightenment and they had responsibilities like families and businesses and needed to earn money. So it is a, it is a path for enlightenment. I know I talk about sex, but I'm always been, I've always been curious about sex, maybe because what happened to me, but even before then I was playing doctors and nurses. And as a four year old, I really wanted to know why you have that kind of a thing hanging there. And I've got this kind of a thing here. And I used to look in the mirror and admire my, my wonderful vulva. And it was all innocent and beautiful and, and playful. And, uh, and later on, it was very, very much like an adventure. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, one day I, I really feel properly that my sex and sexuality is sacred. You know, that's, that's what Tantra is all about honoring your body as a temple because it is such a amazing technology that can transmute anything into anything so it it is about that spiritual enlightenment and you may know of that that um caduceus symbol that doctors have you know that uh shaft or that 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 stick where there's two snakes coiled around it uh, I don't think lots of doctors necessarily know this, but it is a symbol of Kundalini. And Kundalini is that sexual energy, that uh, Shakti energy, if you like, if we, if we talk about uh, Sanskrit terms. It is, it is something that really lives in every single body, regardless of your gender, in your lower spine. And that stick in Caduceus uh, is your spine. And those two snakes are your Ida and Bingala, which are the feminine and masculine energies, or yin and yang, the moon and the sun, the, the light and the dark, the, um, the consciousness and the energy. So it's very important to understand that regardless of your sex, you have feminine and masculine energy. If you don't like using those terms, you can use yin and yang, you can use, um, the consciousness is yang, the masculine energy, and yin and feminine energy is the energy. That's the, that's the flow. So what happened to me when I really, really wanted to start understanding Tantra? I didn't understand that it was Tantra, but what happened to me was that I, I had already divorced and uh, I was on my own and I was um I was seeing somebody and there was a, a lot of sexual energy and because I I've always as a child I've always been feeling different phenomena and different energies it's been quite part of my my 
my beingness. So I, I wasn't alert, uh, alarmed what happened. But this can be quite alarming for many people if you haven't uh, been ever in this kind of experience. But basically, I felt this sexual energy. I felt the this person's sexual energy very strongly inside me. And I, I had already gone to bed. And I still remember this. I was lying on my right hand side and, and I could feel, Oh, they're thinking of me now. Right. In a very, very sexual way. And I actually felt them inside me. And, um, and I thought, okay, so I, I must backtrack a little bit. I had in the, in the end, before I divorced, I had a sexless marriage. I was really busy and, and we drifted apart like many marriages do. And I didn't really, <laughs> I, I, I'd read somewhere that to the fastest way to enlightenment is to abstain, to be in celibacy. And I didn't even want to touch myself. So I didn't uh, self-pleasure. I didn't masturbate for three years. And <laughs> it was really bizarre thinking. And I, I still don't understand how I went for it. But there is part of the spiritual world that thinks that there is no this world is illusion, your body is an illusion, you're just consciousness and and that's true and you need to meditate and transcend into the enlightenment and all that. That's fine, that's their belief and, and that's okay, I don't judge. But for me, I now think that that's actually really not my thing. There is, um, in Tantra, we are taught that this world is real and we are real. This body is real, for goodness sake. If I feel so much pain and suffering in my body, it is real. If I feel so much pleasure and joy and bliss, it is real. If I've given birth to three children, they are real. So I'm not buying this idea for myself. It doesn't resonate true. And please feel into your own body what resonates true to you. But uh, but having this kind of idea that... Uh, you know, I just need to suffer and then there will be price in the end. Uh-uh. I create my heaven and hell on this earth Earth right now. I choose whether this is my heaven or whether I, I want to suffer. So, I mean, obviously I didn't, I didn't want to suffer and, um, and that's, that's that. But, um, but you get what I mean, that there is a way like Brené Brown and Carbo Maté and other people like Peter Levine and Bessie van der Kolk, you know, there's a beautiful book, Your Body Keeps the Score. It's something that I really encourage you to to look into those people if you are interested in trauma healing and, and how you can rewire your nervous system for pleasure and healing. And so basically, it's, as you can see, I'm, I'm getting very tired. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. So apologies. I've lost my thread about five times in the last five minutes. <laughs> so, yes, so what happened was that I knew that I was going to be safe when this thing happened. I learned to, because I hadn't self-pleasured, I, I, I kind of had learned to circulate that sexual energy that I felt in my body because of this other person having sexual thoughts for me, or I don't know what they were doing, but anyway, so, so, so it was something that I knew what to do with it. So I said, Oh, that's a nice way to fall asleep. So I just, 
you know, started circulating, bringing that sexual energy from my pussy to my heart. And, and I was going to really bathe in that and really take it into my third eye and all that. But that's not what happened. It was quite remarkable, really. What happened was all of a sudden, my body arched, my back arched. I couldn't, I, I didn't move. I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. My head tilted back and I froze. I paralyzed, you know, I couldn't move. And all of a sudden, in a split second, this energy just went up my spine to my head. And I don't know how long I was there. Honestly, it could have been just two minutes or two hours or the whole night. I have no idea. And uh, and what happened was that it could have alarmed me, but because I had had similar sort of not this, you know, uh, extensive and not this strong experiences before, I allowed myself to just stay calm and peaceful. And it was quite beautiful, actually, because there was consciousness there. So I could, I could really feel that, uh, this was safe and I was okay. So I was just bathing in this, in this white light and I wasn't going to die. I mean, I could have had a stroke, you know, if I'd known or thought about it. I don't know, but I wasn't panicking. I was just surrendering and I was just enjoying that and, it wasn't, it wasn't emotional. I didn't see anybody. I didn't see any, any, I don't know, saints or God or Jesus or anything. It was, um, and there was no feeling. It wasn't like I was overwhelmed by love or anything like that. It was just that white light. And, uh, and I was kind of, oh, isn't this cool? This is so cool. And I just wanted to stay in that as long as possible. But because that happened and it was so drastic and it stayed with me, for years and years, and uh, I don't know what's happened to that anymore. But um, but it was really lovely. So I wanted to understand what it was, and I found Kundalini awakening um, materials and spoke with somebody who knew more about it, and another person, another person, and I really started educating myself, which then brought me to tantra as well. And I really wanted to make it into my business to help people to be fully on this earth, in this present moment, in their bodies, and live the best lives they can, and to become the persons they are, without conditioning, without trauma, without all these things. And, and well, obviously, they are there, but to help cope with them better and actually thrive despite of them. And... That's why I started studying tantric sex properly. I had obviously practiced myself for years. Uh, for instance, jade egg is a good, um, good practice for women. And I'd been meditating and all that. So it, it, it was kind of a natural, natural transition for me. And more I did that, more I learned how to, how to release uh, tension and stress and trauma from my body and emotions, trapped emotions. And I realized that modern neuroscience is very similar to Tantra. So I started practicing more and more. And I started then also studying tantric sex and relationship coaching and breathwork. Breathwork is my, one of my favorite tools and modalities that can really help in so many ways. And it can really be a, a trip, truly a trip of your life without any substance required except your breath 
So our bodies are so wise. They are so well designed. And because trauma lives in the body and in the, in the nervous system, it's good news because we can always rewire and have other things. Our body renews all the time, all the time. And so do our neurons, our neuronal pathways. So pleasure is the best way to do that. And pleasure can help you to manifest things as well because you are using energy and and that's the that's the secret that's the secret source that's the magic of sex is to use your sexual energy for manifesting whatever you want in life and it works it truly really does work so i think that's a, that's a quite a long episode and actually it's not so vulnerable as i was afraid that it might be for me because the least I want to do is to embarrass myself in front, or embar- you know, you feeling embarrassed for me because I'm making myself a fool. But on the other hand, I also want to model a little bit uh, about showing up when you don't feel hundred percent. I'm ill, but also this is a very, very vulnerable topic for me, and um, and I want to also reassure you that it's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. More vulnerable you can be, especially in your intimate relationships, better connections, better intimacy, more love you will have. But it's that conditioning that we have from the societies that makes us believe that it's, it's not manly or it's, it's not, um, it's being too needy or you're too codependent or whatever. It's not true. You really can. Uh, be safe in your vulnerability. And actually, there is power in that. The other side of the coin to have true power, true strength is the ability and courage to get vulnerable. And again, that's something I learned from Brené Brown. So I really am a big fan and I would really, really help you to, uh, uh, really encourage and invite you to go through her, her stuff. So I think that's a very long episode, but I didn't want to make too much of this trauma-based. But if you want to talk to me, message me, share your stories, be very clear what I can share on, on the podcast and what I can't, and whether it has to be anonymous or whether you want to come on the on the podcast, I can coach you for 30 minutes on anything on this podcast if you want, and it can be an- anonymous or you can uh, explore private coaching with me. The pleasure quest is also open. So it is really for you, designed for you to learn what, um, what, what, how to use these tantric tools like breath and movement and energy to, to make most of your beautiful, beautiful body mind that has all this power to transmute your sexual energy into your into your uh, relationships or for yourself and anything. So it's, uh, I really have so much respect for my body because my mind can always trick me, but my body never lies. So I always get curious about these sensations in my body. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's not just about body. It's also about the power of negative thinking because once I realized what really, really happened to me, and I wasn't trying to, to just push it aside and think that, oh, you know, 
I mean, numbness is blissful thing when when you have that um, shame in a box and don't want to get it out. It's it helps you to get on with the world, but you're not integrated. You know, I I I got disconnected and compartmentalized everything. You know, happiness in one box, pleasure in another, and shame in that thick iron chest behind a lock and key. And I think, you know, until I learned the power of negative thinking, I wasn't going to open it. Instead of telling everybody that my childhood was okay, and some would say it was indeed happy and I was happy. I had a good childhood, absolutely amazing, loving parents and, uh, and grandparents and, and sister. And, and it was, it was a really good, good childhood. And, but, I did have to acknowledge at some point that it wasn't okay what happened to me. It wasn't okay for nearly an adult to expose a young child to adult sex for his own gratification. It wasn't okay that I was sworn to secrecy. It wasn't okay that nobody noticed. I don't blame anybody. I'm a a really amazing actress. Well, not, not, not really, but, uh, I, I'm very good at hiding my true feelings and, uh, and that's why I became a, a, an extrovert. But, uh, little by little with the acknowledgement of the negativity and not bypassing it with positive thinking, I started to accept help and had the courage to look at that iron chest and really understanding that, um, it wasn't my fault. It was not my fault. And it wasn't going to rule my life anymore. It was, I wasn't going to react because of that trauma to situations or relationships anymore in the same way. And it wasn't going to identify me in any kind of way. So the emotional roller coaster, you know, endlessly <laughs> finishing the trauma cycles, if you know about stress cycles and how important it is to release them and finish them so that you can get into a normal nervous system response, regulating your nervous system and reparenting myself and rewiring my nervous system with pleasure. You know, it was, it was tough, but really, really worth it. And, uh, and I really can say today that I have so much pleasure happiness and peace in my life. And this is what I want to invite you to, to start experiencing whatever way it feels right for you. And I'm so happy to say I reclaimed what was taken from me when I was only six years old. This is Anne Blunt, your tantric sex and relationship coach and the host of this open and honest and sometimes very vulnerable, but always explicit podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. Bye for now and keep those messages coming. I want to hear you. Thank you for listening me to me and my story.